Live from the neighborhood, it's the Beer is Fundamental show with your hosts, Obeer Wan Kenobi and Lady T. Yeah, I don't go anywhere without a bottle opener because my motto is you never know when you're going to stumble upon a great brew. Yeah. I'm feeling a little buzzed. Yeah, Bushlight. Yeah, that's literally just the leftovers from all the craft brews. They squeegee it off the floor and throw it in a tank and they call it beer. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is your boy, Old Beer One Kenobi, the Jedi Knight of Craft Beer. And I want to welcome everyone to the neighborhood one more time, where craft beer is always the talk of the town. I don't have Lady T next to me right now because uh, she had to go and make that big time dollars that she makes at work. But that's okay because this episode is basically a feature of our interview that we had the chance to do with the awesome team at Two Hands and Twenty Fingers Production. And they had a chance to sit down. We had a chance to sit down with them so they can give us some information on their upcoming documentary, One Pint at a Time. And we have some great beers sitting and kicking it at Half Barrel Beer Project. And we want to give a shout out to them for allowing us to take up their space and um, sit over there in the corner and, and chop it up a little bit with uh, Two Hands and Twenty Fingers production. So without further ado, we're going to get into that. You're going to hear that. And then I'm going to come back and we're going to open up the beer for the episode we didn't get a beer for the episode while we were doing that interview because we had so many good beers but we're going to do a beer for the episode once we come back after that interview and uh then we'll move on from from there so without further ado we're going to get into the interview that we did with two hands 20 fingers production Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is the Beer is Fundamental Show. I want to welcome you once again to the Nay Beer Hood, where craft beer is always the talk of the town. I am, of course, BT, a.k.a. Old Beer One Kenobi, the Jedi Knight of Craft Beer. And, of course, I have this time to my left, Lady T. What's going on, it's Lady on, T? on his left now. Yeah, on his and, and it's, there's a special You know what I mean, on my left. Yeah, there's a special reason for that, too. <laughs> of course, we are on social media, Instagram, at Beer is Fundamental, and the same with Facebook. Twitter, Beer Fundamental. You can contact us on phone, at phone, by 407-350-7909, and feel free to leave us a message if we don't answer. You can definitely check us out on our wonderful website, beersfundamental.com. You can get the best in craft beer news, craft beer specials, and other awesome things as it deals with craft beer. Now, we are once again out and about, as you can tell by the background noise, and I know you guys love to hear that. We are at one of our favorite stops here in the Central Florida area. We are live and center at Half Barrel Beer Project. And we want to thank Scott Cast and Chad Cast and Pia Cast and Wes Archer and Josh and Sean for allowing us to podcast in their awesome spot. 
and they are always doing big things. They have some big things happening in the future. So, you know, keep them in mind and always stop by if you are in the Central Florida area and have a beer or two or three like we like to do. Four. A four or whatever, however it goes. Now, this show is going to be extremely exciting because we have some special guests in the house. We do have the broadcasting and media production team of Two Hands and 20 Fingers Production in the building with us right now as we're speaking. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Aaron Jose and I am the uh, co-founder of Two Hands, 20 Fingers. And to my left is my wife and producing partner, Brigitte. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi everyone, this is Brigitte Jose. Um, as Aaron just mentioned, I'm the co-partner with Two Hands, 20 Fingers and co-producer in all the you know documentaries we make. That's right, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is, this is going to be fun. We already have some beer in our hand and we're going to really have a good time. Now, we do want to let you know that um, this is going to be actually part of the documentary. Yeah, so it's all right. People, we want you to make sure that every documentary we mention, everything we mention, we want you to check it out. Make sure that you support Two Hands and 20 Fingers Production and every single thing that they do because they are going to be doing it big. So are you guys ready? You ready for your questions? Okay, here we are. Here we are. Okay, so... Two hands, 20 fingers. Give us a little history. So basically, it started with my personal career as a documentary filmmaker. And in the middle of doing my work, I met someone special who I ended up marrying. All right. And she relocated to the U.S. We're both from, you know, we're both from Aruba. Um she originally from Aruba and me, born in Texas, raised mostly in Aruba. Um, she started basically joining hands with me in my productions. So I would direct, edit, we would both produce, and she would do some shooting as well. Um, so we decided at one point just to come up with a name. And the premise behind Two Hands, 20 Fingers is that it's collectively, since we're married, as one, it's our two hands, but in the background, it's our 20 fingers. So when you also see someone hard at work, you see their two hands, but there's always someone else supporting them in the background. So that's that two hands, 20 fingers, that collaborative idea behind everything that we do. We do it together. So, Right. Okay. okay. Now, do you guys... Do you exclusively do just documentaries or do you delve in any other parts of production? So most of the work that we've done is documentary, mm -hmm. um, short form, feature length, um, series. And we've done some work in, in the narrative field, some post-production work for narrative projects and corporate, commercial, nonprofit. So we, we've done just about all types of productions, mm -hmm. but our main focus is documentary because we like to do projects that are socially conscious, that can have some kind of social impact, make a difference for pe for, for other people. You know, in, in the case of most of our recent work is, you know, making a difference for marginalized communities and, you know, kind of being a, a voice for anyone who deems themselves voiceless or needs their voice amplified right. you know we want to be a vessel for those individuals so right okay 
Now, you guys did a documentary called A Fresh Perspective. Give us a little rundown on that one. So A Fresh Perspective is a short documentary about the country's first black beer festival, which occurred in Pittsburgh in 2018. Right. Yeah. And it, the festival was called Fresh Fest Beer Fest. Right. And it has since been rebranded as Barrel and Flow for 2021. And our making of the documentary kind of happened by accident because our trip to Pittsburgh was actually a research trip for the feature-length documentary that we're releasing this year. Right. So it was kind of like a research and development slash networking trip so that we can figure out who at this festival would have a compelling enough story to appear in the longer documentary. But when we were there and we were talking to everyone and we were getting kind of like preliminary interviews, we realized that this needed to be its own piece. It needed to stand alone because it was such a historic moment for the black brewing community in America, which is very small right. to begin with. You know, when you consider the thousands of breweries that are out there um, in this country and less than 1% of them are black owned. Right. And it's, it's going to continue to be this way, even with the, the growth right. that, that they're having today, because they're, they're, for every new black brewery, there's definitely between 50 to 100 non-black breweries that are being erected in the country. So this needed to be its own piece. And right. We ended up making a short documentary and it, it did well, traveled around the country. I think it was in over 50 film festivals um, around the world. Right. Won, won a number of awards. So we were very proud of that. And we are repurposing the film as a segment of the feature documentary that we're releasing this year called One Pint at a Time. Right. Okay. And you also did the Brew Church, which highlights uh, Catholic Church Brewing, which uh, sort of caught our attention when they first opened. It blew my mind that, you know, you got a church, you got beer. Mm -hmm. And so uh, how did that come about? That was that was also a research trip project because they live like a seven minute drive from my house. And mm -hmm. I didn't even know it until they opened. And this whole idea about having church, you know, fellowship and beer under the same roof is something that hadn't been done right. in the country before. Right. Um, you have a lot of churches that became breweries, like empty, abandoned church structures that were yes. turned into breweries. But these people put a church community in a brewery. They did the reverse. Right. A Lutheran church community, which is something that no one else in the country has done. Um, or at the time, and I don't think anyone else has done still. Right. So they do everything in there. They have their, their services every week, their fellowship. And, and they also have like little focus groups, things that they do. And, and then they make beer. So they have trivia night, they have food trucks. I mean, it's, it's a great group of people, very friendly. And you go in there and they don't try to quote unquote convert you to the, the Lutheran religion or anything. It's right. just, you, if you want to stay for beer, you stay for beer. If you want to hang out for the service, you can do that. It's your choice. You know, they, they, they talk about being your most authentic self in their space. And I feel like they're a good example of that. Because if you're just there for the beer, it's fine. If you're just there for church and not the beer, that's fine. If you're there for both, that's fine too. Uh -huh. Okay. So. 
Okay. And they make they make good beer. They make they good do. Beer. They, they do. make they good make beer, good especially beer. those older like Pilsners and Kolsch's. Right, right. Really good, really solid, very crisp, very drinkable. Was that the right. 80s Kolsch's like right. there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Katie's, yeah. yeah that yeah, was like the one original ones when we met yeah, them like at a the, beer fest. The, the, their indulgences, I think it's a double IPA. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Can't have three of those. Nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> now, um, how did you get into craft beer? Oof. So I got into craft beer, I would say, in the year 2014 when Brigitte and I, we took a trip to Asheville, North Carolina. Asheville. And at the time, Asheville was recently billed as Beer City USA by the USA's Today's National Reader's Poll. And it was the first time that I had the these taster glasses, like the flight of beer. It was the first time I've ever had that. And one of the beers that I had was called a Farmer Ted's Cream Ale from Catawba Brewing Company, and it blew my mind. It was smooth, very creamy, of course, it's a cream ale, but also a little bit sweet. And it was completely different from anything I'd ever had that I typically drank, because I was a cocktail guy. I used to drink a lot of Long Island iced teas, um, a little bit of wine, but mostly like Miller Lite, Coors, Rolling Rock, but this one was completely different. It just felt more complex. And I feel like at that moment is when like the, the craft beer bug really bit me. So during that whole trip, we went around Asheville tasting different types of, you know, craft beer from all the breweries that are there. And then it became a thing like more, more and more we'd go on road trips and we'd just, hey, Google. Where's a, is there a brewery nearby? Right. You know, or if we went into, we, if we flew into a place, we would immediately start looking for breweries. Craft beer for us became an adventure. No two breweries are the same. No two beers are the same. And the more and more I drink it, no two batches of the same beer are really ever the same. You know, there, there's subtleties in all these different types of beer. So it just became a thing. For, for us, uh, an, an adventure, and, and we love doing it. And, you know, one of the things that stuck out over time, though, was that tap rooms were not looking like us. So everywhere that we went, most of the clientele and the staff didn't really have any people of color. Right. Maybe a few. Sometimes we were among the very few people of color or the only ones there. And we would even play this little game like, okay, let's see if we can count on one hand, you know, who's the, who are the people of color in here? Right. And, you know, occasionally that would manifest in us this slight discomfort. Not that we were mistreated at breweries or anything, right. but it was just a thing. You start to wonder, like, why is craft beer so heavily like white male dominated? And, and this curiosity, since I am a documentary filmmaker, I just wanted to kind of dig deeper and, and understand the industry. So I started researching it. Um, and, and that became the catalyst for One Pint at a Time. It's just kind of like my journey to understand the lack of diversity in the craft beer industry and, and understand it from like a historical context, what led to it, but also shining a spotlight on a number of brewers and influencers who are trying to kind of like reshape the future 
of craft beer and, and write their own narrative in, in the history of craft beer. Because we, we all know, or, or, or a lot of people don't know, but I know now, is that, you know, beer, the, the type of fermented beverages that we refer to today as beer started in Africa. Right, right. Way back when. Right. right? When they were building the pyramids, that was the currency. They would pay people in that kind of drink. Right. Right. So hymns and all these recipes were written on the pyramids. It's like you, you learn these things in, in retrospect as you're, you know, making the project. True. So this is all these little interesting tidbits that I kind of want to work into the film so that audiences understand that, hey, you know, beer is just it's not only a German thing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of European heritage in beer, but the older heritage in beer is African. And that's been kind of swept under the rug True. for obvious reasons of the history in this country. So I kind of want to shine a light on that, kind of bring that back up to the surface and talk about it. Because a lot of the films that are out there that I've seen and that Rishid has seen that have to do with beer is all European descendants, all white Americans, occasionally women. There's one project that I saw that had a couple of African-American brewers, 99% white people right. in films, right. in those films. Right. So we went with, with one pint at a time, of course, we've been following you guys. Uh, when you go somewhere, you know, I know you were at, you know, you talked with the Atlanta beer gang, you know, you know different people. Um, with one pint at a time and your concept of what you're planning to do, and what you're planning to talk about. When you do that, what will the viewers, what will they see? What are they, what do you want them to understand as they watch this film? So basically, the idea here is to have the film continue to contribute to these necessary conversations about the diversification of the craft beer industry. Okay. So in the film, we will follow a number of black brewers who are kind of hustling to open their own spots, right? hustling to get their brands out. Right. And I'm also tackling the film from more of a historical perspective where you learn a little bit about the history of African-Americans in beer, a, a little bit about African brewing traditions, and also about women in beer, white women, black women, but because women are a minority group in the beer industry. And also, we will be covering some of the initiatives that have been diversifying the industry. So, Fresh Fest, first black beer festival in the, you, you know, the nation's history. Um, and as well as Black is Beautiful, which ha started last summer, which basically brought, I don't know, like over 1,200 breweries now across the world. Right, right, right. Together to make a beer to help with police reform, right. to promote black and brown organizations, to, you know, speak up against police brutality. You know, these are the things that we will focus on in the film. And there are also some things that we will cover during COVID because COVID, COVID did affect, you know, some of the people's journeys that we were documenting. So we're covering it front to back, basically. Right. And, and we, we want this film 
at, at more of a grassroots level to also work as a mirror mm-hmm. for those breweries that may want to contribute to the diversification of the industry and say, take a look at this, right? right. And think about maybe what you're not doing in your own business that you may want to consider moving forward. That means taking on more people of color on your staff, paying for their certification to become better at what they do so that they can maybe move up in the industry and become their own assistant brewer, brewer, seller, seller person, right? And inspire them to maybe take on being a brewer and opening their own brewery because people of color aren't going to magically up that 1% number. True. They need to be inspired from the drinking end through the working in beer end all the way up to the owning a brewery end. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And then, so you got to start with your marketing to your consumers, diversifying that, then creating training programs that can bring everyone into your shop, right? And then getting them certified, right? And then helping them create opportunities to where they can go out and get funding for starting their own business. Um, mentorship. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Collaborations, mentorship. And then you're going to have more people of color owning birds, right? right? You got to understand there's all this generational wealth right? And, and the gap, wealth gap too that exists. So it's always going to be more difficult for people of color to get really far in this industry as, as beer, uh, beer brand owners. Right. Now, were you surprised at the amount of people yeah. who actually got into the Black is Beautiful concept as it come down to craft beer? Not really, mm-hmm. because I think, you know, I, I hate to say this, but I think the fact that it was fueled by the death of George Lloyd. Mm-hmm. I think that was kind of like a tipping point for a lot of people around the country that that aren't black, aren't brown, but they empathize with the situation. They, they understood that that, that this is too much. This has got to stop. You know, I mean, we're talking about hundreds of white owned breweries reaching out to like black beer groups saying, let's do a collab or reaching out to black breweries doing a collab on this black is beautiful saying, I got your back. Right. You have some breweries that were just doing their typical culture vulture thing mm-hmm. and just jumping on the bad wagon to, prof- they knew to profiteer, uh-huh. right? But there were far more breweries out there that were collaborating with black and brown breweries to say, let's, let's do this. Let's put out our version of this. I'm going to show you by doing this that I got your back, that we truly are an inclusive and diverse space. And that this is important because you got to understand, this isn't about the beer. This is about human beings. So the folks that work in the breweries that have influence, they acknowledged that they had the power to make a difference. And a lot of them took it on and and around the world. It caught fire in a good way. True. I was surprised, to be honest. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, I just want to add to that. I think that it's an awesome initiative, you know, all these breweries jumping in and making Black is Beautiful and collaborating. But um, coming back to what we were talking about before, like getting more people 
you know, of color learning how to make beer, how to market beer and all that. It's really important for these breweries that collaborated to keep the momentum going. Because, you know, like he mentioned, culture, culture vultures, right? It's really beautiful and easy to say, oh, I'm going to make this beer with you now. You know, show people that you care, but then this dies out and you don't do anything with it anymore. You put out your beer and that's it. So, so, I think so it shouldn't stop. Yeah. Shouldn't it shouldn't stop. They should keep that momentum going. Yeah. Well, and, and, and one of the tenets of, of the cause is the, the participating breweries had to commit to the long-term work of equality and that's that. what she's that Brigitte is referring to is that long-term work of equality and, and one of the ways you can contribute to long-term you know to this long-term is offer training programs True. that's part of it it's training programs for people to get involved in beer like people of color specifically to get involved in beer True. that's one way of doing it absolutely you know? absolutely and there were breweries out there that did do it I don't remember them all of them off the top of my head. I know Fremont, up in the Pacific Northwest, was yeah, one of up them. Up in the Seattle area, what, they were one of them. I might get this wrong. Abjuration might be another one out in Pittsburgh area. Um, with that, they did a collab with First Sip. There are a couple of breweries that were very vocal about providing training programs for, you know. I think I think the word is like B I P O C nowadays. That community. Ah, yes, yes, yes. yes Black indigenous yes, people yes, and people of color. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, I believe the latest on that is that in in June it's supposed to become its own nonprofit, so that it can stand on its own. Okay. That'll be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And 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 to date. About one third of the organizations, or rather, the breweries that have signed on to do it, I think one point something million dollars so far has been raised from one third of the breweries that have reported out. Wow. So two thirds haven't reported out yet. Wow. Or maybe they still are. But I'm just giving you info from things that I've read online past couple of weeks. Right. Right. You know? So by the time this airs, it's another couple of weeks and right. then you know things are further along in a good way right i mean that that's it's it's awesome concept is is it's awesome what they're doing but i sort of have to agree my you know my question you know that i've always asked okay that was nice you did that in 2020 um but where are you going to be in 2023 2024 2025 are you going to still be there for us yep and I've always, and I've always thought that that you know it's it's just interesting that you know people will jump on on things that they think are going to sell or going to be hot right now, but that really doesn't do us any good. One of the things I I, I wanted to say is that I was very impressed by what the Black Brewing community in Atlanta was doing with their. Black is Beautiful releases. Um, they used uh, the pandemic and this new uh, Black is Beautiful initiative to really step up and introduce um, the new leaders of the brew school, mm -hmm. yes. which is the first Black professional brewery collective possibly in the country. You, know, you have, you know, collectives that help different uh, 
people of color in, in different parts in, in different pockets of the country you have some collectives and groups but this is like a black owned you know cr- group of black owned breweries that came together to share resources and to kind of function as like a a black brewing guild of sorts they're not calling it a guild yet but they're calling it a collective right but it's i have never seen anything like it when we started this film four years ago right there wasn't anything like it you know you had you know beer culture was out there Mm -hmm. and was doing things and you had pink boot society Mm -hmm. which is still there and and they're championing women in beer at, at, at all stages but now you have the Michael James Jackson Foundation that Garrett Oliver started. You have Crowns and Hops giving right. out eight trails pills grants to different breweries at different stages of their development to keep them out there and right. reaching more people, right? And then you have Beer Culture, which is now a nonprofit organization, giving out Cicerone scholarship. Right. That's that's a lot more within a year. Then when we started the project in 2018, we started researching it in the fall of 2017. Right. Right. So a lot has happened since in a good way. Right. Now you have um, 17% drip mm-hmm. or Dorset out there doing things. So I mm-hmm. think, you know. I have some of some of their glassware. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. So Stuff's fire, man. We have it's like really a whole nice. Quarter in oh, really? Yeah. yeah it's, 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 so, so you know, hey, this is this is some great information. I have to apologize to uh, our supporters, or, you know, commercials. But this, we're just gonna have to do the commercials at the end because this was such passionate information that I did not want to stop. So it was like it's just absolutely perfect. So I hate to put you on the spot on this one, but when do you think it, the uh, documentary One Pint at a Time will come out? Not putting me on the spot at all. So. Basically, this is how it's going down. Right now, we're in post-production, right? And we will be for another, I would say, two months. So we hope to have it ready for, like, some preview screenings, which you will be invited to, so you can give me some feedback. Awesome, on, awesome. We you know, will be there. This is great, or this really needs more work. Um, and then we're planning to have a, a world premiere at a film festival anywhere between... October and November. Okay. We don't want to release it next year, right? Because that's too late for me. Right. We want it to catch fire around Black History Month and Women's History Month next year. That's when it should be hitting its stride. We yes. want to premiere it this year. I'm very adamant about doing that. Okay. Um, so we will be going to Barrel and Flow Fest in Pittsburgh, which, like I said earlier, is the Fresh, Fresh Fest, Fest rebranded yes. in in Pittsburgh. The other version of the event is Blacktoberfest in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina in October. But we're definitely going to Barrel and Flow in Pittsburgh in September, where we will hopefully have like a special screening there. Some of the folks in the film are there, and I would want to share it with them. And we will, you know, between now and when it comes out, we will be promoting the film as best as we can, you know, doing great shows like this. Doing some stuff on TV, on the internet, um, and we will be launching our updated trailer and website during the American Craft Beer Week, which is okay. the week of May 10th to the right. 16th. Okay. So I don't know when you'll be airing this, but if if it's airing after that date, then 
Check us out at onepintfilm.com. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at onepintfilm, O-N-E-P-I-N-T-F-I-L-M. Same thing on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash O-N-E-P-I-N-T-F-I-L-M. And, I mean, that's that's basically it. And, and hopefully next year we'll get a distribution deal, land this sucker on Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, one of those HBO so Max. Like well, yeah, well, it's, it just, it's the sound. Yes, yes. Like, it, this is something I watch on Netflix. Yes, this is, this, is, this is going to be exciting because I think, I think it's, it's much needed. And uh, I want to personally thank, we want to personally thank you, for got, you guys for allowing us to uh, interview you and be a part of this. Let us know any way that we can help because this is something that, that is, like I said, is really, really needed. Because as you mentioned earlier, we used to go into breweries and sort of be a little bit intimidated because, of course, like you, well, we would we start, we would start looking around, try to see who else is there. And many a times, it will be just us. And so um, it's, it's grown a little bit. But nowhere near as much as it should be. No, it, it, no, yeah, not at all. Yeah, yes, and I think, uh, and I think, one pint at a time is going to make a great difference in that. I sure hope so. I think it will. I, I appreciate you saying that because that was kind of the the goal of the project. Yeah, a great conversation started, right? Like get that conversation going. You know, maybe you know organizations can use it. You know, to, to show breweries and make them more aware of how things have to change, and just a learning learning experience for a lot of people. And and what you mentioned too, right, about being one of the few people of color when you go to breweries, it has happened to us. Like you mentioned before. Um, I think it would just make things easier for us, right? right? If you see someone in there maybe behind the bar or owning the, owning the brewery or even just behind the bar right. makes a big difference already. So hopefully, yes, what we're doing around right now will contribute, you know, to all of that. Right. It's, 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 about, it's all about making people comfortable. Uh, I mean, that's, that's definitely one of the reasons I even come to this place because a lot of times I come in and uh, I'm a hip-hop fanatic, R&B fanatic. And a lot of times I come in, they're playing hip-hop music. Um, and other places like the um, Beer Commission, um, Commission Beer Chamber, where they play, you know, of course, hip-hop music all the time. So you know, He, he likes hip-hop music. Yeah, that's, but I think but, it's just, you know, it's just being, being acknowledged that you're there. That you're there, absolutely. You know, they come around, you know, and check on you. Hey, how things going? You know, being acknowledged, not just come and order your beer and sit down and don't worry about you until you come back and order another beer. You being acknowledged, so that's what I like about certain places that we do go. Okay. Well, is there anything else you want us to know? Or anything else you want to tell the listeners? No, maybe, maybe just reiterate where to find us <laughs> on Instagram at One Pint Film, on Facebook at One Pint Film, and via the website. OnePintFilm.com. One okay. And yeah, tell your friends, tell your beer drinking buddies, and yeah, and also so, yeah. and also you know follow beer is fundamental. Absolutely, follow beer is fundamental. Keep drinking and, beer. Keep absolutely, drinking beer. keep keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, beer doesn't discriminate. It does not. That. It does not. Well, thank you again so much for allowing us to be a part of this, and you guys being a part of our show. 
this will we we try not to go over a week after we do it before we release it so this is definitely will be up by the 26th or 27th of april of this month so um be looking forward to it and people uh, we will be right back with those commercials, but again, I just simply could not stop this conversation. <laughs> it was it, it was so good. So we will be right back, and of course, this is the beer is fundamental show. We'll be right back with more beer is fundamental podcast. He has vision. He is a pro. But most importantly, he's got soul. Push it to the max, max. No time to relax, max. Circle full of winners. I won't lose. Get fresh craft beers delivered straight to your door via a beer drop. Beer drop is a monthly craft beer subscription program built just for you. Fresh beer matched to your taste with the flexibility to modify, skip, or cancel at any time. You can get great craft beer from only the highest rated breweries with a new brewery added every month. Shipping is only $5 regardless of how many beers you select. Take control of your beer experience with Beer Drop. Check them out at beerisfundamental.com. And now, here's your host, BT and the Beer Searchers. Hey, what's going on again? This is Old Beer One Kenobi, the Jedi Knight of Craft Beer, and we hope that uh, you had just as good of a time listening to that interview as we had conducting it. I mean, we, we learned a lot about what's going on with Two Hands and Twenty Fingers Production. We learned a lot about what's going on with the upcoming documentary One Pint at a Time. I am definitely looking forward to to seeing it i think it's going to be absolutely amazing so you know i wouldn't doubt it if if, if hulu netflix somebody uh prime somebody picks it up because i think he's you know i, I saw a trailer and it's you know it's, it's just really going to be absolutely fantastic so we're definitely lady t and i are definitely looking forward to that now uh what we're going to do is go ahead into the beer of the night and you know what we're going to do something a, a tad bit different uh usually of course we do a a beer from a brewery but you know i homebrew myself and you know usually it's, it's just me and sometimes lady tia help but every now and then i'm blessed to be able and, and you heard this on a few other episodes i'm blessed to be able to a homebrew with in my opinion one of the best homebrewers out there um and that's the homie Lou Pete and uh you know you hear me talk about him sometimes and so we decided that we would it started out that we were going to do a stout and um 
we decided that you know it was starting to get warm so let's sort of do some something so you know not so heavy and we decided on on a saison and what we decided to do was throw some peaches in there so um we we put it all together lou pete being the mastermind of of brewing and um you know my my system it's a pretty decent system so he came over to the house and, and we decided to put this together and so we came up um with the uh, fundamental peaches and uh peaches is not spelled like you would normally spell peaches because lou pete you know i, I we put the spin of pete chis in there so and of course fundamental came from beers fundamental so so um you know we, we're you know we're gonna try this out he's already kicked it already had it you know other people have had it and they say you know it's absolutely awesome but i sort of been waiting on trying to, for me to try it until uh lady t's had one she said it's awesome for me to try it before we do a show well you know why are we doing the show so um let's let's see what we got here of course oh oh it did have a little fizz to it okay you know I, I get excited when i hear that sound so let's see what we have as we pour it in the glass okay okay nice little head i'm super excited for the fundamental peaches now because it being a, a saison with, with fruit in it you know for that aroma to really come out you know i didn't want it ice cold i, mean, I wanted to you know not warm but you know so i took it out of the fridge let it sit for about 15 minutes you know just to warm it up a little bit because you know you know anybody knows anything about beer it sort of gets better the warmer it gets now you don't want to be drinking hot or warm beer but the warmer it gets the, the more the flavors will pop out so let's see what we got here that aroma i can smell the peaches Hmm. All right. This isn't bad at all. Well, I'm gonna give most of the credit to Lou Pete, because again, he is a mastermind home brewer. But you know, I'm not I'm not chopped liver myself, so this turned out pretty well. I'm excited. This is good. Now I don't want to have to rate. I don't want to have to rate our own beer because, you know, I'm going to be a little biased. So I'm, I'm not going to rate it. I am going to what I think I'm going to do is, is give a couple of bottles to some craft beer friends of mine and have them rate it. And then on an uh, upcoming episode, I would definitely uh, let you know what they thought about it. And, you know, you no, know, here's what I'm going to do to make sure that that they're not biased. I'm going to do like a little, you know come up with a little form create it give it to them and not have them put the name on anything and drop it in a hat um and um you know what to really be fair i think what i'm going to do i'm going to find a few craft beer friends of mine and i am going to like give it to six people but only have like four or or give it to six people and then like have everyone turn it in, but only choose like four. So that way we won't know 
if, if you know if someone didn't like it we wouldn't know who that was you know because because you know we want to try to be as fair and you know to them and as fair to us as we probably possibly can so i think i come up with that idea i, I think i sort of like it if you have a better idea feel free to uh contact us and let us know now of course we got some great things that's coming up in the near future of course we have um like we're seven episodes away from episode 100 and we still haven't finalized our our plans uh so we're we're still working on that make sure we've gotten some ideas from you guys we got some emails um someone hit me up on instagram a few times and they, they gave us some ideas for the show and so we're really really um loving some of the ideas that you came up with one of the ideas that i really like was the fact that um to try to do it of course out and about but try to do it in two different spots or maybe three different spots and just combine it all together and i think that's going to be nice we're definitely going to have some some friends that we'll have sit down with us and share the passion of, of craft craft beer because i think that's when we have the most fun and i know that's when you guys seem to be to really like it that's that's our high, highest rated shows or when uh we're out and about with with different people so we're definitely going to look into that for episode 100 so make sure you you watch out for it um there are some good festivals that's coming up in the next few months and since you know things are sort of opening up around the country i'm looking forward to um getting out and and get we're looking forward to getting out to get into these festivals because um you know lady t and i haven't been necessarily tied down but we haven't had the opportunity to go as many places as we want to go so um we are really looking forward to i think um i think they're planning to open a lot of things up july 1st so i know here in florida uh desantis is well desantis really has never closed us down to be honest not that much but i know he's going full force july 1st he's already taking away the mass mandates for some areas and so um i'm looking forward to really being able to get out of course we've been vaccinated it took it took us a while to sort of make up our mind if we're going to do that and we decided to do it so we're if we need a passport or whatever the government's planning to throw on us we'll be ready so with that being said we want to uh, hope everyone had a good time in the neighborhood. We want to recognize our usual supporters, uh, Partner Liquors, Half Barrel Beer Project, the Commission Beer Chamber, GB Bottle Shop, Orlando L Line, and my man John at Vintage Vinos. Please make sure that you support them. If you are in the Central Florida area anytime, please make sure that you drink responsibly, people. And we're going to leave you with a snippet of uh, what you say. By my man Chris Walton is from his new release Fade. This is the Beer is Fundamental show, and we want to thank you for visiting the neighborhood. Until next time, cheers. The Beer is Fundamental Podcast is brought to you in part by... What's going on, everyone? I know if you're listening to us, you love craft beer. But you may not have access to a huge variety of craft beer in your area. Well, that's no issue. 
Let the Original Craft Beer Club solve that problem for you. The Original Craft Beer Club searches out exceptional craft beers from around the country and then delivers the monthly beer club selections directly to your door. Each shipment includes 12 beers from among the best microbreweries in America, many of which have earned top awards for their signature brews. Their microbrew newsletter accompanies each shipment so you can learn more about the featured craft brewery and the brewmasters. Go to the Beer is Fundamental website and click on the original Craft Beer Club logo for more details. There is great craft beer out there, and all you have to do is let the original Craft Beer Club get it to you. Cheers! You've been listening to the Beer is Fundamental podcast with your hosts, BT and the Beer Searchers.